Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in. Episode 137. What's right with Nick Wright? My reliable co-host, Damonze, still in Los Angeles, having meetings, finding apartments, calling me. Sorry, I'm going to air you out here, kid. Calling me to find out, hey, the guy is trying to tell me I need to get insurance on my mat. Don't get insurance on the mattress, kid. Don't do that. You would have recommended he do that? No, I no. recommend you not tell everybody's business. Oh, well, uh, he's part of the show. It's oh, part God. of it. He's doing great. He's crushing it out in L.A. Sitting in for him is his mom, my wife, Miss Danielle Wright, Dampo. Mm-hmm. You ready for today's show? Sure. Let's get this uh, show on the road. Okay. All right. Here's what <laughs> missed the cut. Here's what's not on today's show. Cam Newton throwing at Auburn's Pro Day. Odell and the Jets having mutual interest. I'm not so sure about that one. And Ja returning Coming off the bench against the Rockets. what You know what? I know we said that missed the cut. Before we even get to what's actually on the show, uh, you clapped for Ja. Tell yeah, me I'm why. I'm a fan of Ja. I'm a fan of He's Ja, He's a great too. player. You know, I don't go about that outside life stuff. I just play the game. Yeah, no, you yeah. don't really care about off the court stuff. No, I don't. Can I show you, however, the shirt Ja's dad wore to the game? Let's see. So that's Ja's dad. That shirt says redemption. <laughs> and that is a picture of Ja, I think, dapping up his dad. Uh-huh. You li- like, I mean, dislike, don't care. I don't care. Don't care. No, I don't. Just play ball. Just play ball. Who cares? Yeah, I mean, Ja's not wearing it. His dad is. Yeah. T. Morant has become part of this story. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly what the redemption arc, how exactly how it works. Uh, but Jaws back, and I think the Grizzlies might win the West. All right, speaking of the Western Conference, there were uh, some games last night. Dampu, why don't you get us started? The Lakers, once again. Well, you think the, we shouldn't start with the Lakers? I mean, uh, that's what's here. Okay, um, go ahead. The Lakers got a huge win over the Suns last night. Yeah, they did. While, while we're in Aruba, they'll play the Thunder and the Bills twice. Bulls. The Bulls, my bad. That's okay. The Bills, a football team. Yeah, my bull, bad. That's right. Don't worry about it. Uh, when we get back, are they going to be closer to the sixth seed or the eleven seed? All right. So this is very interesting. So last night's win was massive for them. Yeah. Last night in the NBA went kind of good for the Lakers, kind of bad. So here's what went bad: the Timberwolves, who they're chasing, beat the Hawks by one. At the end of now, shout out to Carl Anthony Towns. He's been out since October. He also has dealt with a ton of personal tragedy over the last few years, lost multiple family members due to COVID, got injured very early this year. Three seconds left. He gets fouled, down one, hits both free throws. Shout out to him. The Hawks, though, then get the ball, 
get obviously fouled on their final shot. The refs don't call it. Timberwolves win by one. So that's a team the Lakers are chasing. The Timberwolves win. What went well for the Lakers last night is the Blazers finally got a win. They beat the Jazz. So the Jazz drop a bit in the standings. And then the Warriors-Mavs game, which we're going to get into later, they the Lakers are chasing both of those teams. Obviously, one of them had to lose. Ended up being the Mavericks. So the Lakers sit here right now in the 10 spot, but it is so congested. The Suns are the four seed, and we count losses. This is an important thing. I say it on the TV show all the time. At this point in the year, all you need to do is look at the loss column. You can make up wins because you all play 82 games. You can't make up losses. Once you have X amount of losses, you can't go backwards from that. So the Suns are the four seed. They have 34 losses. The Clippers are the five seed. They have 35 losses. Then you have the Warriors and the Thunder, both with 36 losses. And then the Timberwolves, Mavs, Lakers, Jazz, and Pelicans, all with 37 losses. So the Lakers play the Thunder on Friday. That is a great spot for Los Angeles, and it is the newest, latest, most important game of the year. Why? Well, for a number of reasons. One is they're chasing them. The other one is, and they might really not even be chasing them after tonight because the Thunder play the Clippers tonight, but the Thunder beat the Lakers the night LeBron broke the record. The Lakers then beat the Thunder without LeBron or AD in a night Shea wasn't playing. Now they play Friday, their final game of the year. So it's a huge game in the standings. It also will determine the tiebreaker. So where if the Thunder and the Lakers finish with the same record, who gets the higher seed, it would be the winner of Friday night's game. It is a great time to play the Thunder because the Thunder played the Clippers in a war night before last. They then play the Clippers tonight and the very next night, second night of a back-to-back third game in three days, or in four days, pardon me, they play the Lakers. So the Lakers will have some rest. The Thunder won't. I think the Lakers will win that game. Thunder then drop, Lakers move up. You then get two games against the Chicago Bulls, and there was some weird... Do- I didn't... Uh, let me check, see if there's been an update this mo- this moment. But DeMar DeRozan got dinged yesterday, last night. And DeMar DeRozan aggravates quad injury and lopsided Bulls loss. So DeMar DeRozan uh, exiting with seven minutes and 48 seconds left in the third quarter. Uh, and it was... It, in a game that he had already been playing poorly, clearly wasn't uh, right. So the Bulls might be without DeRozan, plus they're not very good, plus it's a chance to get revenge on Patrick Beverly. Here's my point. I think the Lakers, who haven't been 500 all year long and are sitting at 36 and 37, when we get back from our trip, the next time that that I'm on the air for What's Right Show, a week from today, I think the Lakers are going to be 39 and 37. I think they're going to win their next three. If that happens, there's a real chance that when we get here on Thursday, they are the sixth seed. Last night's win was critical. And here's the other thing. The Suns are holding on for dear life to avoid the play-in themselves. The Clippers, who we're going to get to, are holding on for dear life to avoid the play-in. The Warriors all of a sudden have won back-to-back road games, but they play the Sixers on Sunday, on Friday, I should say. The next couple days in the NBA are going to go a long ways to determining 
what's what in the Western Conference? What are you laughing about? Nothing. Tell me. Nothing. I'm you, chilling. Okay. Not, okay. So the tomorrow night, the Thunder, or I'm sorry, tonight, the Thunder play the Clippers. That's again from a Lakers perspective. That's one of those. It's you. One of the teams you're chasing gets a win. One gets a loss. That's really the only relevant game for the Lakers tonight. Then tomorrow, massive. As we mentioned, the Lakers play the Thunder. Also tomorrow, the Jazz host the Bucks. The Bucks should win that game and put the Jazz at 38 losses. And the Sixers go to Golden State. If the Sixers and Joel Embiid can win that game, and Joel aggravated a bit of an injury, hardens, we got to see what their health is for that game. But they're fighting for seeding. If they can win that game, and then we have the Kings hosting the Suns, the Lakers could by Saturday be a half game out of the six seed. All right, what's next? Look like the Warriors are going to embarrass you again. You okay, said they're I dead. I don't know about that. Embarrass me again? Embarrass you. Okay. You said they're dead. Mm-hmm. Last night they beat your guy Luca in the Mavs. Mm-hmm. You scared yet? No, I'm not scared of the Warriors. You should be. Let- why do you think I should be? You just should be. Just because of Steph and Clay? Yeah. See, that is... They're dangerous. Okay. Here's my thing. And I really, really... Because I know... I, I Here's the thing. And I hope you don't take this the wrong way. But your analysis there mm-hmm. is exactly what the people who get paid millions of dollars to watch all the games and talk about this on TV... That's exactly what they say. Oh, then where's my millions? Well, no, but here's my point. (laughs) It is such a facile point. Like, ah, they're the Warriors. You've got to be afraid of them. It is what the... That's what you would say about LeBron. The Warriors don't have LeBron. It doesn't matter. They don't need LeBron. They're they're freaking the Warriors. Okay. Yeah. You're you're correct to a degree that that is what I would say about LeBron. However... The Warriors do not, in my estimation, this year have the cohesion, have any type, the the depth, any of the things they need to be a truly scary team. Now, last night, there was a lot of hijinks in the game, and that's actually what I want to talk about before, before I get to the Warriors side of it. Because the Mavs are filing a protest, because if you didn't watch last night's game, this is what happened late in the third quarter. The ref, the ball goes out of bounds. The Mavs didn't call timeout. The ref does initially signal Warriors ball. He then signals towards the Mavs. The Mavs think he's saying it's their ball. They call timeout. He was saying they called time that, that they called timeout, not that it was their ball. Go to commercial. Come back. All the Mavs are lined up on the other end of the court like it's their ball. One of the refs is also down there. The Warriors are lined up by the the basket they're trying to score on like it's their ball. The refs just hand the Warriors the ball. There's no one down there. They get a layup. They end up winning the game by two points. Mm -hmm. So the Mavs are furious about this. Mark Cuban's furious about this. They're going to file a protest. They're not going to win the protest. So why did this happen? Well, there was an odd thing going on in yesterday's game, and Luke has got to own this. So... Look, the NBA, if you get 16 technicals over the course of a season, you get suspended for a game. Draymond just got suspended for a game because he's on 16. Now then, for him, you get then suspended every other game. 
Luka is sitting on 15, and the Mavs obviously have to win every game. The refs last night were clearly afraid to give Draymond or Luka a tech when they clearly deserved them multiple times because they didn't want the suspension to happen. Draymond and Luka then took advantage of it. Luka went further, and whenever the refs missed a call, started doing this, the money sign, like the refs were paid off. I think he's going to get fined $50,000 for it. That you, I, I love Luca. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. And it gives the refs incentive to stick it to you. Right. Which I think they were doing. Mm-hmm. So the, the Mavs right now are in a spot where they have to hold on for dear life just to make the play in. They're very fortunate they won that game last Friday against the Lakers, the Lakers blue. And for the Mavs now, I'll say this. If they end up the eight seed, I think they absolutely can beat Dallas. But their defense at the rim is an abomination. There is no resistance at the rim. And it was a layup line for the Warriors yesterday. Now to the Warriors that, again, I'm told I have to be scared of. A Warriors team (laughs) that has been the fourth worst road team on the year uh, 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 this season. A Warriors team that last night did not even have Jordan Poole, their newly minted $100 million man, in their closing lineup. Instead, they went with Dante DiVincenzo because Poole has been so bad defensively and making bad uh, decisions. I have massive respect for Steph, and Steph has been great all year long. With that said, the Warriors have been a 500 team at every stretch of the season, and unlike the Lakers, who have been around 500 after the two and Lakers started to intend and then trying to get back to 500. They haven't gotten there yet. The Lakers can say, well, AD missed a month. LeBron is in the midst of missing a month. The Warriors were a 500 team in games. Steph plays in games. He doesn't. Now they do have San Antonio still on their schedule. They do have Portland in the final game of the year in a game that I think will mean nothing for Portland, but the, the Warriors are no more of a lock right now to make the postseason than the Lakers are. I understand there are a, a loss ahead of them in the standings. Also, if those two teams finish with the same record, the Lakers, because they've won the season series, have the tiebreaker there. I do not believe that this Warriors team has the juice this season, and I will go a step further on that. I think there was such an emotional toll in a positive way, taken by them winning a title without Durant, that they then understandably were already this year going to let their foot off the gas a bit. You then combine it with the fact that Draymond cold-cocked one of the players and the kind of long tail of that all year, I don't think they have it. It's a good win for them last night against Dallas. I've been wrong on the Warriors before, but I would expect when they play Philly on Friday night, Assuming Embiid plays, they have no answer for Embiid, and they're right, and they're then once again fighting just to stay out of the play-in. All right, next. Yes, time will tell. What? Time will tell. You you believe in them. I believe And them. you also like watching them. I love watching them. They're the, a good team to watch. They're enjoyable. Okay. You know? I, that's, a, that's like the only Hate sauce. That, it's not hate sauce, and I've had to eat it when I've been wrong about it. Okay. That. Well, what? Nothing. Okay. Get go. ready to eat. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> 
<laughs> the curse Clippers lost Paul George for the last three weeks. Yeah. Could they miss the playoffs entirely? 100% they could. Will they fall out of the play-in? No. But in the if they don't have Paul George for the play-in, mm-hmm. they could lose play-ins or elimination games. They could lose any of those games and just be done. And so there's a Kawhi angle to this, and then there's a trade angle to this, which is also kind of a Kawhi angle. The Kawhi angle is I have I had to listen for the better part of a year that this guy was the best player in the league after what he did in Toronto. Then he goes to L.A., best player in L.A. I had to listen to all of that. Kawhi, it is now incumbent upon you. It is not fair to ask Kawhi if Paul George is done for the year to lead them to a championship. It is absolutely fair to say, Kawhi, make sure they make the playoffs. You are as load managed as any player in the league. You should be the freshest superstar in the league right now. You you have a bit of a cushion in the standings at the moment due to what the team has done over the bulk of the season. You're the five seed right now. You're at 35 losses. You can't fall out of the playoffs altogether. Just can't. And by the way, the Clippers' schedule is not easy. As I mentioned, they they host Oklahoma City tonight. Saturday, they host New Orleans. Monday, they host Chicago. That's the softest part. Then, their final six games at Memphis, at Memphis again, at New Orleans, home for the Lakers, home for the Blazers. Again, the Blazers at that point might have packed it in. And then at Phoenix in the final game of the year that theoretically Kevin Durant could be back for. Big, big spots here for Kawhi Leonard. Now to the Clippers, the other angle of it. They are cursed, man. They have gotten, since they got Kawhi and Paul George, their first year together, they're up 3-1 on the Nuggets. They fall apart entirely. Their second year together, they look like they have a real chance of making the finals. Kawhi blows out his knee in round two of the playoffs. They end up winning that round anyway, but they lose, obviously, to the Suns in the conference finals. Then next year, Kawhi misses all year. Paul George keeps them afloat. They get to the play-in. Paul George is ruled out for the play-in due to COVID health and safety protocols, and their season ends. And now this year, when they look like one of the scariest teams in the West, they end up having to, they're not going to have Paul George for at least the rest of the regular season. Now we get back to how this whole thing started with them. That Paul George trade, I understand I argued with Broussard about this. Like, ah, any team would make it. You traded for Paul George. You ended up, that was how you got Kawhi Leonard. Got it. But again, not to reference LeBron for the third time in the show, (laughs) but I have had to listen for LeBron's entire career and certainly his Lakers tenure that it is on him that he forced the Lakers to trade for Russ. It didn't work and LeBron did it. Well, let's revisit this fact. Kawhi Leonard, the Clippers had the opportunity to sign Kawhi Leonard and give up no one. He told them, in order to get me, you must trade for Paul George. So let's talk about what they gave up for Paul George. Because it is quite the haul 
now that we know this has not worked out at all. They traded to Paul for Paul George, Shea Gilgis Alexander, who is an all NBA level player right now, plays for the Thunder, averaging 32 points per game. And the Thunder have been as good as the Clippers all year based on his play. I don't want to say alone, but he's been the driving force. Danilo Gallinari, so be it. And five first round picks. They traded them a 2021 pick first, a 2023 first, a 2022 first, a first in 24, a first in 26, and the rights to swap picks in 23 and 25. So five first round picks, two swaps, and the best player in the trade. Why? So the Clippers, if Kawhi, when he went there, had said, no, I'm just going to come here. Keep Shea, keep all those picks, and wait and see how we can improve the team. But he wouldn't do that. And now they looked what for the fourth year of this to have no championship hopes. And for their next four seasons, they either have to give up their first-round pick or swap with the Thunder, who they Thunder might swap with them this year because the Thunder might end up with a better record than them this year. It's a disaster of a trade. All right, last thing, Danielle. You said the Kings had the best offense in NBA history. Yep. Five of the top nine all time are this year. Yep. What is happening? Okay, so when I so you do points per one hundred possessions, mm-hmm. the Kings literally do yeah, have. I don't understand that. You have to explain. Okay. That to me. So the so there's two ways to measure offense, mm-hmm. right? How many points do you score in a game, or points per possession? The reason it's better to do points per possession is po- how many points you score in a game can be influenced greatly by how fast you play. If you run up and down the court, you get more possessions. You know what I mean? And so the best way to normalize it against all of history is points per possession. You do points per 100 possessions because that's usually about how many there is in a game. The Kings have the best offense in NBA history by that metric. The third best offense in NBA history is the Nuggets this year. The fourth best offense in NBA history is the Celtics this year. The sixth best offense in NBA history is the Sixers this year. So four of the top six are this year. So what's happening? Old school folks are going to say nobody plays defense. That is flatly not true. Again, the NBA just announced that over the next few days, if you sign up for, here's an unpaid ad, if you sign up for NBA ID, you have access to all of the finals games, you can watch them in full mm-hmm. from the 90s through now. Go watch some of those mid-90s finals games, and you tell me, was it great defense or was it compacted offense and, and bad shot making? It's, I promise you it's the latter, not the former. It's not about guys not playing defense. It's about clearly and unquestionably two things, one, or three things. One is... The prevalence of the three-point shot is the biggest reason for this of anything. The threes are worth 50% more than twos. Teams shoot more threes now than ever before. It is as simple as that. That is the biggest reason. The second reason is the overall talent level in the league has never been higher due to the ubiquitousness of the foreign players. And how we talk about, and we're going to talk about this later, the best players in the sport, four of the top six, are not American-born. You have So you have more talent to draw from. 
than ever before. And the last thing is this. The league probably needs to expand. In the 90s, you had six teams added from the late 80s to the early 90s. They added the Heat, the Magic, the Timberwolves, the Raptors, the Grizzlies, and one other team I'm forgetting. They added six teams to the league in a short period of time. They didn't have enough talent, so all of a sudden, instead of teams having three superstars per team, it was two, sometimes even one. Now, the league has not expanded since then in the 90s. There's enough talent for 32 or 34 teams, and because of that, scoring is way up, and really it's because teams are smarter. They're taking smarter shots instead of taking mid-range jump shots. They're taking three-pointers. So do I think the Kings are actually the best offense ever? No. I think they are the best offense this year. And much like damn climate change, the the hottest year right now is going to be the hottest year ever because it's just getting hotter and hotter. The defense is, I'm sorry, scoring is going to continue to go up until we reach something of an equilibrium when it comes to the diminishing returns on threes and when it comes to teams kind of figure defensively figuring out a counter to the modern offense, because the modern offense is way ahead. Oh, what? Oh, you're just what? talking too much. What do you mean I'm talking too much? It's just, uh, you lost me once I, again. All right. That might have been a little convoluted. <laughs> but the point I'm making is teams are taking shots that are worth more than more of those shots than they ever have before. Teams are smarter than they ever have been before as far as taking the most efficient shots. And we have the most talent-rich pool of players to draw from. All of that has led to an increase in offense. Right. When somebody says, I can't understand, explain that to me. You can't give them too much because they just told you they don't understand. So that means you got to give them a little bit. You know what I'm so saying? Was that the point? Was yeah, that little that explanation better? That was better? Right? That was better? Uh-huh. All right, appreciate that. Thank you, Dan Poo. That's why you're here. What'd you say? Nothing. What shiner on your forehead? Oh, oh, now it's just full on roasting me. What do you? So I have a pimple on my forehead that Danielle has been that mocking thing me. is rocking. That Danielle has been mocking me for all day. Said, "Oh, you don't have TV makeup to save you for the podcast." No, listen, things, uh, things happen. Is it time to take a break? Yes. Okay, take a quick break. Come back. What's right? With Factors, delicious, ready-to-eat meals, you will be eating stress-free this spring. Each meal is chef-crafted, fresh, and dietitian approved More importantly, they are never frozen and ready to eat in just two minutes. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, including Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. Also, discover more than 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled up all day long. Try meals with premium ingredients like filet mignon, truffle butter, and shrimp, restaurant-quality food that you do not have to prep, cook, or clean up delivered right to your doorstep. And if you need to change your deliveries, you can pause or reschedule whenever you like. Factor is your solution for fast and premium meals. Also, for the month of April, Factor is celebrating Earth Day all month long. Look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for our lowest carbon footprint meals. So, 
What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash nickwright50 and use code nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code nickwright50 at factormeals.com slash nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box and 20% off your next. Fuel up fast, eat better, and get back to what you love doing this spring with Factor. Welcome back in What's Right with Nick Wright, episode 137. My wonderful wife, Danielle, filling in for my wonderful son, Damase. How do you think all these first... wonderfuls? How do you think that first segment went? I think it went good. Oh, How do you okay. feel about it? No, I, I mean, you're the boss. No, so. I, no. You just got it. I'm, I'm just the host. Oh. The, uh, but, what's Right with Nick Wright? Well, yeah, my, I mean, my name's on the show. Yeah. That is true. You know, Danielle was adamant. Danielle behind the scenes is kind of my biggest advocate, even though in front of the camera, sometimes she seems to just want to crush me uh, <laughs> that when we were going to start this podcast for Fox, Danielle was adamant that it has to be called What's Right, yeah. because that's what the, the show, my radio show in college, Kansas City and Houston and even on Mad Dog Sports mm-hmm. Radio, all, I guess in Houston, it wasn't called What's Right. Because no, it was because I had a co-host because with John Lopez called In the Loop. But then the national show I did on the weekends was called What's Right. And all of these have been called What's Right. So Danielle was adamant that I keep the name. And maybe, right. you know, maybe one day it'll be What's Right with Nick Wright and family. Or What's Right with the Rights. What's Right with the Rights. Oh, <laughs> that would work. But my regular, you know. Domanze was so damn attached to that bird last name. I mean, who wouldn't be? <laughs> I, I dumped my middle name for it. That's true. That is true. When Danielle and I got married, uh, Danielle took my last name, but then just moved her maiden name, which is Bird, which is Domanze's last name, to the middle. Right. Yeah. No, it's it's a it's a good right. last name. I mean, he's still a right though. Yeah, I know, but it, it doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't. Okay. Doesn't quite have. You know, it doesn't have the. With the, I think with right and family, with right and friends. I'm not sure. We can figure it out. I don't know. That sounds kind of lame. Okay. All right. Let's get to the show. What are we doing here? Oh. Yeah. Your part. (laughs) Yesterday, when you should have been helping me pack for our trip. Yeah. You came up with a fake basketball game. Yeah. Yeah, I did. (laughs) Who wins your dumb fake basketball game? Okay. So the World Baseball Classic was a huge success. And it was because the players were invested. Mm Mm-hmm. So I said, how can we recreate this on other levels? And the NBA All-Star Game was a travesty this year because none of the players cared. So here was the idea. Tell me before I even show it to you if you like this idea. The NBA All-Star Game, it's just like the best 30 players in the East versus West. It used to be, and now they pick sides. Uh The U.S., the best players, American-born players on one team for the All-Star Game, against the best international players, the best foreign-born players. I thought that would raise the stakes a bit as far as guys having pride and caring about it. Before I show you the rosters, do you think that would work? No. Why? I just don't like it. Why? I mean, we're all one. Let's put us all together. I understand, but the World Baseball Classic, it was country. It's like the Olympics. It, you play yeah, for your own country. there's not a bunch of people from one country when it comes to the other countries. For basketball, right. Exactly. That's why you have to do international. Nah, no, nah, that's not fair. All the U.S. get to be together, and then there's all these different guys from different countries over here. It doesn't make any sense. It makes a lot of sense. Okay. Whatever well, you say. Okay. All right. Well, let me show it to you. <laughs> okay. You've kind of, I mean, we we're going to discuss this here. 
I, I think we can show it to you. If not, I can just tell everybody what the teams looked like. Uh, so here's what here here is where I, what I had it at. I guess we don't have the graphic for you. My apologies, <laughs> but I can. So Team USA would be here's their twelve: LeBron, Steph, Durant, Tatum, Ja, Anthony Davis, Dame, Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker. James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, and De'Aaron Fox. They already won. Well, listen to the other side. The other side has Giannis, Embiid, Luka, Jokic, SGA, Shea, the guy we were talking uh-huh. about earlier. They're, the the world's starting five is better than the U.S.'s starting five. Giannis, Embiid, Luka, Jokic, and Shea versus LeBron, Steph, Katie, Tatum, and Ja. They have a better starting five. Where they get hurt is their depth. After Shea, you have DeMontis Sabonis, who was born in the States, but is Lithua- has Lithuanian citizenship through his dad. Pascal Siakam, Laurie Markkinen, Jamal Murray, OG Ananobi, Franz Wagner, and Chris Stapps. The U.S. has more depth, mm-hmm. but if we were right now, the top four MVP candidates for this year are probably... All on the world team. Right now, I think the MVP voting would go Embiid, Giannis, Jokic, Luka. And Shea might get some MVP votes. So I think the guys would have enough pride and they would play harder. The thing with the All-Star game is you need them to play harder. So let me ask you this. If you don't like my idea, I'm putting you on the spot here if you don't mind. How would you make the NBA All-Star game? How would you incentivize the guys to care about an exhibition game that doesn't count for the standings or a championship. So they play hard the way they did once upon a time. What do they get paid to play the all-star? They don't. Okay. Pay them. Pay, is it pay simple them. as money? Simple as money. How much are you going to pay them though? I don't know. I just pay them money where it's worth it, where I'm going to play like I'm supposed to play. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Yeah. I think you sell the tickets more. You do everything more. You know what I'm saying? You figure out a way to pay the players. All right, Danielle's idea is pay the players more. I uh, I like my idea. U.S. versus yeah, the world. Of course you do. Well, well, yeah, I mean, it's my idea. <laughs> of course I'm going to like it. All right, what are we doing next? Oh, new game. Yeah. Nick, Nick Fix. Fix this. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> you get three moves per team. Okay, we okay. got five teams here. We're starting with the Panthers. All right. So how would I fix the Carolina Panthers? Well, they put themselves in a brutal spot. The first thing I would do, if I could, is undo the trade I just did. But they can't do that. Mm -hmm. Okay? So since they can't undo the trade they just did, which they they treated this year's draft like Caleb Williams is in it. Like, I can't miss. Got to have number one quarterbacks there. That's not the case. But because of that, you got to deal with where you're at. So the first thing I would do is I would draft C.J. Stroud. That's the first thing I would do because Bryce Young's too small. It, it, Anthony Richardson maybe has the highest ceiling, but they want a guy who can play immediately because they don't have their pick next year. The next thing that I would do if I were them after drafting C.J. Stroud, is 
God, this one's tough. Because you got to somehow recoup def- offensively the loss of DJ Moore to help CJ Stroud out. I would call. You, what, what? Get to it. I'm I'm thinking. I'm trying to do oh, this right. Goodness God. I would call Tampa about Mike Evans, and see. And I I I'd be hesitant to lay out more draft capital. But I want you. You have no incentive to be bad next year. I want to give my team a chance to uh or C J Stroud the best chance to be good immediately. I need a receiver. I'd see if I can get a give up a fourth round pick for Mike Evans. And the last thing that I would do if I were the Carolina Panthers, gosh darn it, is in this year's draft, I would try to trade back as much as I can to recoup some picks. This is a tough one to fix because I think they made a big mistake laying out all laying out all that draft capital move from nine to one. But that is that's what I would do if I were them. All right, what's next, Danielle? The Cowboys. The Cowboys, I don't think, need a ton of fixing. I like their addition of Brandon Cooks. I I the I like what they have done, obviously defensively. If and I understand that this is probably going to be an unpopular thing, but you can't let the sunk cost fallacy kill you. You can't be like, ah, we made a mistake on Zeke, we paid Zeke. What do we do now? Here's what I would do if I were the Dallas Cowboys. I would draft B. John Robinson in the first round, mm-hmm. the running back out of tech out of Texas. I would ask Dak to go back to what he does best, which is be an over, as Broussard says a lot, and he's right, be an overqualified game manager. So I'd scale back the offense, I'd draft Bijan Robinson, and on the defensive side of the ball, I would tell Micah Parsons that he is. So step one is draft John Robinson. Step two is get Dak Prescott back to game manager Dak Prescott. And step three is I understand Micah Parsons can do a little bit of everything, and that's what makes him so great. Micah Parsons is a th- is a permanent pass rusher. Doesn't mean we're taking him off the field in non-pass rushing situations, but this whole have Micah sometimes drop into coverage. Micah Parsons has the ability to be the most dominant edge rusher in football. Let him be that and let him try to tee off on quarterbacks. That's what I would do if I were the Dallas Cowboys. The real thing I would have done is fire Mike McCarthy, but they're not going to do that before the year. They had their opportunity and so they move on. From Kellen Moore. Next. The Commanders. Well, this one's simple. The I would sign Lamar Jackson to an offer sheet immediately. I mean, that one, they have the 16th pick this year. I would wait until after the draft. In the draft, I would, if he's there, I would draft Quentin Johnston, the kid from TCU. If he's not there, Jackson Smith and, and Jigba would be my draft pick as I draft a top flight wide receiver. That's, I guess, step one, but we can leave it as step two. I would sign Lamar Jackson, giving up my two future first round picks, and I would use the rest of the draft that I can on 
I would try to find, it's not a great, not going to be in a great position to do this, but I would try to find a legitimate tackle and I would believe that Chase Young's going to bounce back and I would try to go win the NFC East with arguably the best quarterback in the NFC and Lamar. The, the, the commanders are in a weird spot because they're selling their team, but signing Lamar, drafting a receiver, using the rest of the draft to supplement your offensive line, your secondary, that's what I would do. That, that to me, is the easiest, most obvious fix. Next. The Ravens. All right, this is assuming they lose Lamar. So assuming if you're the Ravens, assuming you lose Lamar, the first thing I would do is call San Francisco and see if they have soured on Trey Lance. Trey Lance, if they want to roll with Brock Purdy, they want to cut their losses there. I would call San Francisco about Trey Lance. That's the first thing I would do. The second thing I would do with my increased draft capital is trade because you're getting draft picks for because you're letting Lamar go. Trade for DeAndre Hopkins. You can get him for your second round pick, and now you have extra picks. And the last thing that I would do if I were Baltimore is really just hope and pray the Steelers stick with Kenny Pickett. Because if they do, they are going to be, oh, you know what? I actually, I don't, I'm, yeah, just hope and pray the Steelers stick with Kenny Pickett. That's what I would do. That's what I would do for the Ravens. Last one, Danielle. The Bills. Bills are in a weird spot where they've got to decide, are we going to go further all in on this moment? Or are we going to take a momentary step back? I don't think they can afford to take a momentary step back. They gave Von Miller all that money. If I were the Bills, I would sign Frank Clark, great chief, two-time Super Bowl champion with the Chiefs, give Frank all the credit in the world, but he's gone now. He He has not been great in the regular season. He absolutely has been dominant in the postseason. The first thing I would do is sign Frank Clark. They are another team that if he's available, if the Cowboys don't draft him, if I were them, I would draft Bijan Robinson so you can have a legitimate pass rush. And I would show Josh Allen, I would make a super cut. So step two would be draft Bijan Robinson. And then I would make a super cut of Josh Allen's most ridiculous mistakes from last last year and make him watch them every day. Be like, buddy, we know you have a rocket arm. You've got to. You've got to reel it into a degree because your mistakes killed us. He doesn't have to be a game manager. He's too talented for that. But you can't have him being as reckless as he was last year. And you've got to. You've got to. Real and the, I tell Ken Dorsey, we can't have our. This is one of the reasons draft John Robinson. You can't have our running game just be putting our quarterback in jeopardy time after time after time. He's got to reel back the running a bit and reel in the mistakes a bit. All right, Dampu, mm-hmm. you don't really love football, and that was a very football heavy segment. Yeah. So I would like to know what would you like to fix, non sports world. Oh. Hmm. You had an idea earlier. A communication. Okay, explain that. How I think would you communication fix it? has gotten off a lot. I think the text messaging and the dating online and all that stuff is messed up. 
a lot of the world. I think people aren't actually having conversations to actually figure out what somebody really means when they're saying something, or even if you actually like this person, because you can, you can fake type shit all day, act like you're somebody that you're not. My bad. I said a curse word. That's okay. But yeah, I think communication is really bad right now. I think the pandemic also made it worse and um, we need to go back to it. So when you say, so there's the dating part of it, then there's the text messaging part of it. Mm -hmm. You think that there should be nothing serious or something that takes more than one screen of words should ever be communicated via text. Exactly. It's like if you, you text somebody and say, hey, can we have a conversation? And somebody, you know, takes it further about what you say a little bit, but we're not going to text about it. It's like people are now like sending you whole books like, bro, give me a phone call about this. This is crazy. Um, I'm not going to respond. Can I text you in a minute? Like, I mean, can I call you in a minute? It's just I, I think the communication sucks. We need to start talking to each other again. And and it's also making these men and women go on these dates and meeting up with people that just doesn't make Aren't you glad we don't have to worry about that? I'm very glad I don't have to worry about that. I'm so <laughs> glad. I, but I, I I rather have, if I was a single woman, I want a man to approach me face to face. I think guys are afraid to do that sometimes. Yeah, but, it, but, but that's the reason why men are getting weaker. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, now we might be, men are getting weaker over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and women are women. Are, and Go women, ahead. You know. Oh, yeah. Women are are playing more of a part of the man these days. It's just like it's because we we're 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 trying to do the things that we want them to do when we shouldn't be doing it at all. All right, that's a preview of Bird's Thoughts, a podcast coming from Blue <laughs> Duck Media in the summer of 2024. Be on the lookout for it. Danielle and I both answer viewer questions next. What's right? <laughs> What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. All right, episode 137, What's Right with Nick Wright. Reminder, we are not on on Tuesday. TV show is off uh, Monday and Tuesday due to, I think, the uh, Euros, the soccer tournament, which is a great tournament. Second best tournament in the world, find the World Cup. I actually like it more than Champions League even. Pardon me, I've got my little... You want some Excuse water? me. No, I'm good. I got my coffee oh, right okay. here. Uh, thank you, though. 
So uh, so we're off Tuesday. Thursday, Demonze will be back in the seat. Yay. Thursday, Demonze will be back from his trip from L.A. before he officially moves to L.A. And right now, and you can still submit them uh, to the, the questions in the chat if you're watching live on YouTube, and we'll answer some of them. By the way, speaking of Demonze, I'm told the Blue Duck squad found Demonze in L.A. again. Remember? Yeah. The first time they found him, they saw him put him on the Hollywood sign. Here, he's in front of, is that the Chinese theater? He's got some In-N-Out Burger. He's got I'm an sure Oscar. I know Demonze ate In-N-Out Burger. Like man. <laughs> I don't eat. The only thing I don't eat, the only thing I don't eat is cheeseburgers. And uh, In-N-Out Burger is the one exception I make. And Demonze's hat says avocado toast. He found. So speaking of that, Sam Dunderdale says, question for both of you. What will you miss most Miss most with Demonze moving to L.A.? Oh, my gosh. So much. He has been my right-hand man. Um, Nick is always busy, so Demonze has been helping me if we need to pick the girls up or um, shoot, babysit, any of that. Like, Demonze has been the help of the house, right? I think he's been great. Been and great. he obviously helps with this podcast. I'm going to, you know, it's been because Demonze, when we first moved to New York, was in college in, in California. Yeah, California. And then he came back and then he was in Houston and Kansas City for the first for two years for two during years, the pandemic, yeah. essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and then came back a little over a year ago. Right before, right before opened opening the store. the store. Right. It's been nice to have another guy in the house. Right. right. And so... And I really have really enjoyed watching football with him because he and I, that when he was growing up, he didn't care about the NFL at all. No. And so he and I never got to do that when he was little, but this year it's been nice. Yeah, so I'm going to miss him, but he's doing great. Uh, I'm happy for him. Noah Rodriguez asked Danielle, what is it like being married to someone who loves gambling? And what are some rules you guys have established in terms of how much gambling is too much? Well, at the beginning of, of our relationship, Nick gambled so much that I would have to go to sleep in the car. Um, okay. I mean, that's a fact. Well, yes, I would. Danielle would come with me to the casino where I would play poker. And I and, would play blackjack for like an hour mm-hmm. and then you would not be done. I would wait around for like an hour mm-hmm. and you still wasn't done. And then it's like another, the third hour comes around. It's like, okay, I'm going to go in the car and wait for you. And you're mm-hmm. like, okay, go ahead. Then I noticed I've been asleep in the car for two hours. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. That was it's not big... as bad as it used to be. Um, uh, I think we kind of like have it under control now. You don't do it like you used to. During the pandemic, I I during the beginning of the pandemic, I was playing a lot of online poker. Yeah. And that irritated that me. That irritated me. So, I don't think, tell me if I'm wrong, you're less concerned. It, the dollars part of it has never really been an issue it's time it's the time yeah the dollars because you don't i i don't i wasn't with you when you would let the stuff get out of control mm-hmm. i don't think i think as you know like you're kind of smart enough i have a family i have to i can't lose all of our money <laughs> yeah and uh, and the i don't the when it's not football season i don't really bet sports and you don't have mm-hmm. many hobbies and like do other so i i guess i'll let you have that i mean I don't gamble, but I spend a lot of money on clothes. Yeah. Yeah. And that is. It is. 
I spent a lot of money on clothes. And that is all. But here's the thing. Danielle doesn't, you know, she she doesn't give me a hard time about playing cards. She doesn't, you know, like she said, she, it's my, it's one of my passion things. She supported me when I went out to Vegas and gambled for a lot of money in those televised poker things. But she does keep it right in her back pocket. Oh, yeah. Whenever there is any instance of any, it it, it is a card that is played, no pun intended. Anytime there's any question, I'm like, oh. Is that new? I, I, it, it, when did you get that? There is, it's always very close to the tip of the tongue of, oh, you can spend $5,000 on poker and I, you give me a hard, yeah, so at least when I'm, what I spend my money on is on my back. <laughs> uh, all right. Next question Capri Johnson for me. Nick, why do you feel like you should be a voter for NBA awards? Folks might feel like you're just going to be biased towards LeBron. I feel like I should be a voter for the NBA awards because there are 100 plus people who have votes and you cannot tell me, you cannot convince me that there are 100 plus media members who watch more NBA than me, who know more about the NBA than me, who care more about the NBA than me. It's obviously not true. I am obviously one of the 100 most qualified people to vote on these awards And when it comes to contracts, incentives, being eligible for Supermax, those things being tied to the awards, you should have the most qualified, dedicated voters possible. Instead, I I feel like I think it's kind of outrageous when I hear some of the new people who have gotten votes that the NBA has not approached me about it. I don't I don't know what more I could do to demonstrate my knowledge and to demonstrate my passion for the league. And so it, 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 we joke about it on the TV show, but it, it does No, you want it too bad. It does yeah, <laughs> and it does bother me. I just I you should want the most qualified electorate, if you will, possible. And I'm clearly in that. And so why do I think I don't have a vote? Well, I've never been a writer. And writer, there's been a, historically it was just writers, but now it's not just writers. Broadcasters have gotten votes. Podcasters have gotten votes. Is it the ones that's been in the game longer or what has it A lot of them, you know, like Broussard's got a vote. He deserves a vote. Yeah. But- it's yeah. So it and would I be biased? I wouldn't towards LeBron. I no. I would. I, I would take it very seriously. Now here's the benefit. Speaking of the gambling, to not having a vote because I don't have a vote, I can gamble on these awards. And when Joel Embiid wins MVP, I'm going to make a lot of money because he was plus three fifty ten days ago, and I saw this train coming down the tracks and bet it then. Oh, sorry about oh. that. <laughs> And alarm. Uh, uh, that's paper parking. Uh-huh. And now he's a minus money favorite. All right. Uh, Gabe Alvarez says, Danielle, when did you realize you fell in love with Nick? For me, it was when he called LeBron the goat. That's funny. Good job, Gabe. <laughs> that's uh, funny, Gabe. Um, I fell in love with Nick on our first date. Uh, it took me a little bit over a year to go on a date with Nick. And on our first date, 
Uh, well, the first day, it wasn't all in the same day. Beginning was when you met my children. Mm-hmm. And then later on that evening, we went to his godfather's restaurant, Anthony's in Kansas City. And when we got there, they were treating us like gold, like he was like part owner of the restaurant. And um, we sat in the corner where like nobody can see us. So we kind of like had our own private area. And it was kind of like the communication, like I was saying, like what people are slacking on these days, you basically wanted to know all about me. And we like made out the whole night. Yeah, that is true. And talked and talked and talked for a few hours and then um and then you you were very uh persistent on getting me after then when I kind of yeah what'd you do for the next four months after that date where you fell in love I didn't talk to you did she ran from me yeah it was I'm like like I told you guys last show Nick was my first white guy I dated And he was younger than me and he had a lot going on for his future. I didn't, there was like so many flags that. Yeah. And you had seen my, you had seen my apartment. Oh yeah. I was disgusting. He was like, this definitely is not going to be my man. (laughs) It's nasty. Um, Uh, But yeah, I fell in love with you on our first date. Thank you, Danville. Uh, Yeah, I think I probably fell in love with you a little before that. Uh, All right, Danielle, (laughs) who do you think the NBA GOAT is? LeBron. Oh, what? You know what? I just fell in love with you all over. (laughs) All right, last one. Danielle, does Nick always have to have the last word? No. Oh, that's a surprising answer. I think I do. I mean, I think you do with everybody else. You try with me, but I don't allow it because I have to have the last word. Man, that is self-awareness, and I appreciate that answer. That's why you go to therapy. Oh, this lady. Can I? Three sessions. I'm about to say, I'm proud of you, and I'm happy for you. Well, I was kind of doing. And I'm glad you're doing it. But this lady has been to three therapy sessions. And now, though, well, that's why everyone should be in therapy. Well, everybody that's- should go. That's probably the other things I would fix. People should, should go to therapy. It's very important. I agree. It opens your eyes about yourself. And people need to do that because people are stuck in their own. I know everything. I'm right zone. They need to get sh- stuff together. Stuff together. Great show. Great job. Dampu will be back at some date in the future. We are off Tuesday, back on Thursday, a week from today. What's right?